Welcome back to Awakening Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant, and joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica, the weaker vessel. Hello, everyone. Also joined with us again is Lane Green. What's up? If you guys want to get to know more about us, you can follow the Reformed Rebel Network on social media. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit the bell so that way you get notified every time we put out new content. And if you want to financially support the network, go to patreon.com slash reformed rebel. And for as little as $2 a month, you can become a patron and get a whole bunch of extra exclusive content that's only for our patrons. And you can just be a part of supporting us. It's a good time to become a patron, y'all. We got some new stuff in the pipeline. Some new content. New content is coming out. There's a new logo that's going to be coming out. We haven't revealed it yet. There might be some additions to the network. And so we just kind of, I hope, I hope you're getting hyped. We're trying to hype you up here. It's Go great. become a patron because we really want to do more. And it's coming, it's coming soon. Righto. So, so we have an incredibly interesting but very applicable topic tonight. And... We so saw... for the parents, hold on. Okay, yeah, no, that's so a good So parents good, warning good idea. before we get started. This might get into some language that you don't want to have to explain to your children just yet. If that is you, take this moment to usher little ears outside of earshot. Yeah, some of the language that we use just might be slightly graphic, but it's for a good reason. Yeah, we're not going to be like willy-nilly. Sorry guys. Darn it. It's not tasteless, right? We are we're doing this for a reason to to have some force, right? Yeah. And and just because I mean well you're gonna have a, a news article you just saw that sort of lends to this okay. idea in our So what now. is our topic for tonight? And then parents can make the decision based on the title. Or the topic. Okay, so the the topic or the title is going to be all about what we hear too often today, which is a testiless gospel. Yes, testy as in testicle. Exactly. I hope you're intrigued at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we're going to be talking about. And if you're really wondering what the heck that's going to mean, just hang on tight. <laughs> Buckle in. Um, so you had... Babe, yes. This is Pride Month, right? No, actually, no, it's, it's not, not Pride anymore. Month anymore. Yeah, yeah, not anymore. Praise Jesus. It was Pride Month, and so we were seeing all sorts of things everywhere, right? And I, I think I still thought it was Pride Month because of this article. Because that you time saw. means nothing anymore. Yeah, right. it's all. It's always Pride <laughs> Month with the way Basically. things go. Okay, so I'm not gonna even read the article. Okay. But just the headline is: CVS adds men's makeup to thousands of stores as the industry industry begins to boom. So, and I've I've actually read the article, not this one in particular, but other ones. Basically, there are many stores. I don't think it's just CVS either. I think there are other stores that are doing it as well. But they are starting to carry this makeup line specifically geared towards transgendered men or 
I don't know what other what else they call themselves. Men who enjoy wearing makeup. There's no What's, end. There's no end to the labels. Well, What's the difference between men's makeup and That's that, what I was yeah. thinking Chainsaw too. oil like you, at a store. No, but I don't think those are the kind of men they're selling to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can see the picture. But oh, they're a smoky um, eye right there. They're definitely not men who know how to handle contour. Chainsaw. I was gonna say chainsaw. <laughs> things like things of that nature. Either one. Let's just so okay. The funny thing is though, I just have to say this real quick. Like Lane said, first of all, what would the difference be between like chemically even between like a man's face and a woman's face? Like why would woman's a woman's makeup be any different? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, all the variations there are oily skin, sensitive skin, whatever. There's makeup for all that already. So why yeah. would there need to be a specific line for men? But what's interesting is that they're making a distinction between male and female, which is exactly what mm. they're not wanting to believe. It's a myth, right? That you are male or female. Right. And you can just be whatever. So if you're truly a transgendered man, why would you want your own line of makeup? Why wouldn't you just want to be accepted as the woman, quote unquote, that you are? Yeah. Like, doesn't that kind of seem like... No, this, You're shooting yourself in the foot here? Yeah, no, the, the headline in this ad, which is terrifying, is um, is terribly ironic, but it's um, it's a contradiction, just yeah. like you said, because why why can't it just be makeup? Right. Makeup, no if women's makeup. If you truly makeup. are a, quote, woman, right. then just go to the local, store, local makeup store and buy some... <laughs> Even foundation you're nothing, or you're, whatever you're nothing right you're not right. a woman not a man it's just makeup so why the push for for this because they know that they actually are a man and they want their own line of makeup mm-hmm. there you go it's um, just so ironic it's to an me. inescapable truth right in god's world that there is difference so you can't so you get stuff like this where so is this like self-defeating or is this actually genius I can't make up my mind. <laughs> well, so I'm, I'm trying to look up percentages because even catering to just the, not even just a gay man, but a, a man who puts on makeup and makes himself look like a girl is an incredibly small percentage. Right. And usually if you introduce a new product to your company or whatever it is, you want a return, like you want it to do well. Right. Usually you mm-hmm. don't set up a whole line of products for 2%, 1% or something like that. It's this this percentage of the population is tiny. So why? So why would they do that? I don't know, but this person's comment, like yeah. one of the top comments just says back when men were men and women too, <laughs> which made me kind of laugh. I don't know. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> That's what everyone's going to be asking. <coughs> Such a weird thing, y'all. It really is. Do you think that there will be a large group of people, including women, who just buy it to say that they're like so woke? Look, I'm buying men's makeup and I'm using it myself, and that would offer them some credibility. It's gonna be all these like YouTube channels with like these chicks who try out makeup. They're gonna yeah. be buying this like men's. Yeah. I'm sure the packaging is like very much well think about the market for makeup tutorials right babe it's true mm-hmm. yeah and so it it won't be because people are really watching it because they're trying to you know uh get tips and tricks for how to use this people will go watch it because it's like it's like watching bloopers or watching 
I'm sure there will be some of that. But honestly, there are some um, very famous male makeup artists. Yeah. yeah. Was that one guy that James Charles? Or yeah, yeah. Yeah. He Oof. does a full face of makeup all the time. He's very, very popular. Wow. Anyway, um, well, I could see this. I'm glad I don't know. Who but that I is. think he he tends to use like very expensive products too. Like he uses the designer makeup. Mac. Yeah, but I'm. Is I, that still a thing? Yes, it, actually, it is. I think he might actually work for Mac. I'm I've not never sure. Heard wow. that. Anyway, my sister used it. I don't think you've ever used Mac, have you? No, oh, it's too expensive. Yeah. Um. So that's going on. You know, there so was. So speaking of testyless men. Well, let, let me add one little cultural uh, anecdote here before we go into the real topic. There was a. It's like a music video competition in Europe, and there was a man with a beard dressed as a woman who won one of the top awards. And I, I read an article talking about how Western civilization will end up being saved by um, basically like erotica again, like women actually, you know, being beautiful and women how else would you describe this like women, I don't know. Wait, women being <laughs> women being feminine women being feminine and beautiful women yes women um <laughs> and the you know the alarming thing was that here's this man with a beard winning the award a top award for a woman i think it like was most beautiful something right it had to do with beauty and that seems vaguely familiar actually the guy who wrote this was like the circus sideshow of like the bearded right. woman is like literally what we're doing right now what we're saying is most most beautiful right now like it's a coney island sideshow exactly yeah and so just you know it's just an example of well and it's funny because you do see this insurgence of like the cottage core thing right yeah where for those point. of you who don't know what cottage core is it's this thing that's trending right now where women are starting to um, go back to the more novel, creative, uh, I guess, classical arts, mm -hmm. like sewing and baking and crocheting and knitting and like doing all these very feminine homeward tasks. Um, and it's called cottage core. So you can actually go on like Instagram or whatever and just yeah. like search cottage core and there'll be tons of like prairie cottage like right um, fields of flowers yeah pretty dresses mm -hmm. i looked Painting. it up because erica told me about it right <laughs> anyway it's just funny how that's making um making its way back into culture right now slowly but it's like in the midst of stores starting to carry makeup for men there still is this pocket of people who are like remember grandma Mm -hmm. Remember when grandma would like knit us mittens and like, right. you know, sew our holiday dresses and stuff. That was actually really cool. I want to do, I want to be feminine like grandma was. Yeah. So this is where we're going to start to see this divide between the woke people who are wanting to buy makeup for men yeah. and the people who actually do realize that there is beauty in God's design for women and being homeward focused and focusing on those arts actually is more beautiful, more feminine, worth pursuing more so than like this weird fake plastic gay makeup stuff that CVS is doing. Yeah. And you know, the CVS makeup thing goes against 
the the message of natural is better also just thinking about that when you're talking about the cottage core thing going back to like the more like basic tasks or functions that women would do and it's yeah kind of, it does kind of have this more like it's very elemental yeah yeah it's a good way to put it like a more a very natural natural habitat basic things of life learning how to plant basil but throwing a junk ton of makeup on a dude's face is everything but natural well it's it literally is the fig leaf right like you're trying to hide what you really are yeah yeah true yep you're trying to appear as something else. Right. So, um, how does that get us into our testy list gospel topic now? <laughs> well, one is trying to hide the atrocity mm-hmm. that it really, you know, they're trying to propel in culture. And the other one is actually just trying to cultivate something that actually God commanded us to do. So. So, with that. What we have been hearing and seeing from a lot of big name evangelical leaders. I've so far heard it from Beth Moore, which is no surprise. But um, as our good friend A.D. Robles on his YouTube channel, which if you're not subscribed, go subscribe. What the heck are you doing listening to us and not him? And No kidding. Yeah. What's wrong with you people? A.D. Robles on YouTube. Consume his content. It will help you, especially during times right now. It's one of the few shows that actually I listen to almost like every single day. Yeah. Because he he puts out content every day on YouTube. Just a really good biblical reformed commentary on social justice and what's going on in Big Eva, big -hmm. big church um, in America. It's really good. But he pointed out how even Matt Chandler has gone this way too. And I know I'm, I'm leaving this vague right now. But four years ago, Matt Chandler, when talking about social justice... Uh, in a Gospel Coalition video, talked about how when you do enter into those avenues, or those venues, rather, of engaging social issues, you still have to take the gospel with you Mm -hmm. and the message of the cross. You have to do that. Well, Recently, he denied that. A month ago, he says, you don't just do that. You have to actually go and um march with them you have to do this and that and he was saying that's not what you do he's completely contradicting himself now i actually think they said you shouldn't share the gospel you just need to more for sure said don't go if you're gonna go to a protest or whatever don't go and share the god you're not going there to do that that's not the purpose of the march or whatever what? So that sounds great, huh? Right? Yeah. That doesn't make a, any sense. You're well, a and, Christian the, and this isn't just Matt Chandler. There are several other. J.D. Greer. Yeah, I'm just saying the big name. Yeah, well, that's a huge name. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. Uh, J.D. Greer is one yeah. of them. There have even been a lot of people who have been very careful with their words so as to True. be very testy-less as well. They've yeah. not spoken out when they should speak out. And I'm talking about men who have a lot of power, mm-hmm. right? who have a lot of power, have a lot of titles in front of their names, who actually could condemn things and have that be um, meaningful in their circles. And and they aren't because they're fearful or they don't want to appear as, you know, not woke enough or whatever. Right. Anyway, Um, I I don't want to throw Matt Chandler in front of the bus alone. There are other names that can go down. <laughs> there are with many them. other bodies in front of that. Uh, David Platt was one of them too, who has been yeah. very squishy and very worrisome. Yeah. Well, and so basically that 
gospel coalition crowd. Yeah. And I wouldn't say everyone, but... <clears throat> and not all is... to the same extent either, no, but... No, But, man, there's a lot we could get into with this, but... Not the, not the point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, you got a thought? Well, I was Go just going to read this Facebook. Okay. This Facebook... I mean, it's like a... It's not even a paragraph. It's like a whole book. So I'm just going to read like One a little of bit of it huh? to you. Yeah, I'm going to read it, and then we can discuss it. How's that sound? Perfect. Okay. Racism is a heart issue, and only Jesus can change people's hearts. Let's talk about why this is wrong. Already disagree. (laughs) You've probably heard Christian folks say something like this. The only cure for racism in America is a changed heart that comes from trusting in Jesus Christ. To try and heal racial divisions without that changed heart is like trying to cure cancer with a band-aid. This is wrong because, one, it misunderstands racism, and two, it stops us from protecting each other from racism. Let me keep going. Okay. (laughs) This idea of heart issue assumes that racism is only individual hate that never extends beyond people's hearts. Untrue. Racism is systemic and embedded in our governance, economy, and legal system. Humans create the system. They build the system around their racist beliefs. Even if an individual is not racist, the racism persists in the system. So, do you want to keep going or? Yeah, we'll come back. We'll come back. Let's get it. Okay. There's a lot there. Let's get the whole book out there. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot. Okay, so where do you want to begin discussing? Oh, is that it? Oh, no, there's more. I thought you said, let's let's stop. Oh, no, let's Are we keep stopping going. or keep going? Okay. Keep going. Okay. Yeah, whole thing. <laughs> let's communicate better next time. Sounds good. <laughs> Humans can change the system. We have before. We used to have a system of slavery. Did we wait for Jesus to change the slave owner's hearts? No. We went to war, and the Emancipation Proclamation was signed into law. We used to have a system of racism called Jim Crow that included segregation and lynching. Did we wait for Jesus to change the hearts of all the racist people upholding that system? No, civil rights activists fought against it, many losing their lives, and the Civil Rights Act, among others, was signed into law. We can't force heart change. We can't change the hearts of people who rob banks or commit arson or kidnap kids. But we still try to make laws about it. We still try to protect banks and buildings and kids. How stupid would we sound if we said, well, kidnapping is a heart issue, so let's not make a law about that. If we embrace the idea that racism is only about people's hearts and we can do nothing about it, we miss the very real chance to change racism in the system through legal, economic, and educational reform. Okay, first of all, there is a difference between sins and crimes. I think this is helpful to point out right at the beginning because that is like this person's error throughout this whole thing is not making that distinction, Mm -hmm. right? And so kidnapping is a crime that is punishable by death under the law of God. Right, which is why slavery in the South was actually just a sin. Yeah, exactly. Racism, though, is a sin to just have un you know unwarranted uh you know preference for your skin color or mm-hmm. your people group or whatever it is and and you look at your own people as more important better mm-hmm. more valuable than other humans 
is that's a sin, but it isn't a crime. And that's why someone can be racist without actually having ever owned a slave. Right. Right? That's a good point. So you have to make a distinction there, even for the sake of your own argument, if you were woke. Right. Um, so we started talking about the testiless gospel because whoever wrote this, and I don't even need to share their name, but no. whoever wrote this was assuming that when the gospel goes forward, it has no seed. Right. This, this displays exactly what Beth Moore and Matt Chandler and all them believe right now, and, is, and that is that the gospel does not have power. Right. Right? The gospel does not have power to actually change people's hearts, which then would change the system. Mm-hmm. That would happen. We've been promised that the gospel has power. Yeah. That is actually the only thing that the Bible promises will change hearts and change and change people. Right. And so if we want to ditch the gospel, and just come into my mind right now, if we want to ditch the gospel and just have law like this, then we are going to have the handmaid's tale. Right, yeah. If you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. It's just a <laughs> society where every little even heart issue is just regulated. There's some law on you and you're forced into this rigid box mm -hmm. and your inner heart, inner being, and all of that is completely disregarded. The only thing that matters is what's in front of you, right? Only the material. That, that's the only thing that can matter. Right. And so that'd be a very Aryan, it's a heresy, a very Aryan way to look at the world. Okay, so why we want to pick on this post in particular yeah. is because it's so dangerous. Mm -hmm. It sounds so convincing until you stop and you actually realize they've literally cut the balls off the gospel. Exactly. They've chopped them off. So when we share the gospel, their version of the gospel, which is a different gospel, we have to say that, mm -hmm. because their gospel is resurrectionless, right? There's yep. no promised Holy Spirit who has come and given us a tasking and allowed us to actually have victory in the way that Jesus has promised us the victory. So there's no resurrection. There is no Holy Spirit. It is very much a seedless gospel. Right, which is why you're, we're saying testiless gospel. There's no seed there that when you share the gospel, when you ejaculate those words into the world <laughs> and you so share <laughs> the truth that a man has died, covered sin, paid for sin, and then came up out of that grave, mm -hmm. ascended to the right hand of the Father, rules everything, is crushing all of his enemies, has sent his spirit to empower us to what? The new covenant promises is that the spirit would be within us and that we would obey God's law from the heart. Right. That's incredible. Well, what is God's law? Loving neighbor and being fair and being just and all those other ways. It doesn't have anything to do with um, skin color or people right. groups or even systems. There's no partiality. Right. It is exactly. about a heart change to then walk in the ways of God perfectly. That is the the eschatology, right. the the telos of it all. And it assumes it assumes on their behalf too that they can create a synthetic fruit. Yes, right. Exactly. It's like IVF. Yep. Like we're going to use this um, seedless gospel, right? Mm -hmm. And we're going to implant it into a a synthetic. 
um, womb, it's and a it's going to bring forth, yeah, and it's going to yeah. bring forth this wonderful fruit, this utopia where no one's racist, everything is equal and mm -hmm. perfect. But it's actually not just the Holy Spirit that causes the gospel to go forward and actually have power, but it's also the same Holy Spirit that um, creates fertility in the heart, right? right. Yeah. Like it's the Holy Spirit that makes the heart um, receptive to the seed, the proclaimed gospel, the proclaimed word of God, the good news. Exactly. It's James that talks about your heart receiving the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. Yeah. So that, Im that imagery of fertility, but uh, we've seen that too in Jesus' parable of seed, mm -hmm. right? Going into the ground and sprouting and stuff. This is, this is the mission we've been given. Right. Right? Is a uh, <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> don't get too carried it's, away. <laughs> I know. No, no, can't carry analogies too far. They don't. They don't run the Every whole analogy race breaks with you. down, guys. Exactly, but but we have to believe that uh, we preach the gospel. The neighbors are at it again. It's mm -hmm. it's insane. It, apparently, when we record, the neighbors think it's Royal Rumble time. Yeah. Pretty much, They're, it's like a cage match do, going do, on up there. Do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing the thing that's uh, a false dichotomy with this uh, with this post is that it's not gospel or social action, mm -hmm. right? We would say you need to preach the gospel and then live it out right. in these social realms. Right. It's not one or the other, which is the way this person put it, was that it was one or the other. We don't just preach the gospel. Right. And, and listen, there are a lot of Christians, a lot of pastors who will probably preach against uh, Black Lives Matter and the social justice warriors and all that from their pulpit and then that's it. Right. And so they're really just a loud voice from the nosebleeds. Yeah. And it's like, well, bro, you got a little more to, to live out here. You know what There's I mean? There's still a discipling of the nations that needs to happen. Exactly. They're, they're still truncating the work of God in some way. Right. Right. And so we, we Reformed Rebel Network, are all about both. Mm -hmm. You got to get your doctrine right and then your life right too. It's, it's right. all of life. Your actions have to match. Your works have to match what you proclaim. Exactly. Well, it's funny, too, because it's they're talking out of two sides of their mouth. Because in one sense, they say that when people say racism is a heart issue, we just need the gospel, that's wrong. It's not a personal, individual problem. It's a systemic problem. But then they turn around and say humans can change the system. Well, how is a, a corrupted point. person supposed mm -hmm. to change a system for good? We yeah. know that a person can't serve two masters. So if a person is broken and sinful, how would you ever expect a sinful person to impact the system in a godly manner? Right? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Right. Well, and they're, they're assuming they are that righteous person that, right. can, that can go in there and actually change everything but then they just said you can't just pass laws and change hearts or you just can't force hearts to change or something but then the other sentence it was did we wait around for people's hearts to be changed no we passed laws well someone had a heart change someone realized by the grace of god things that were happening were sinful mm -hmm. and it was christianity and it was the gospel right. that has always 
um, shown us morally what is pleasing and acceptable to God. And we may not even care about whether God finds it pleasing or acceptable, but even a secular person can see that Christian principles are still better for society. Like we still like when people don't murder each other. We still don't Definitely. like partiality. We still don't like when people steal from mm-hmm. us. Although I'm starting to question that with all this <laughs> looting and stuff. But by and large, people still do think that Christian principles are better to live by, right? Right. And so in this post, they, they, um, they, I lost the train of thought, but what we need to be striving for, and this is my point, is to implement the laws and the principles of God's system of justice. Yes. Right? And so, yes, uh, a system may be racist. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I would love to actually see a detailed explanation of this because it's not very common. Well, and everyone that that we have asked, like, okay, show us the law. Yeah. Show us. I don't want statistics about, you know, uh, disparities in public education. I don't want to like, that's not a law. Show me a law that says the white person has more benefit right than you know someone of a right. different ethnicity like show me that yeah. and if you can show me you know in a statute somewhere i will fight with you yeah right. that's exactly. unjust yeah absolutely there, where's the where's the law that says white people you pay 20 percent tax if you make thirty thousand a year right but a black person you pay thirty percent tax if you make thirty thousand a year if that was a law on the books i would absolutely that's, oh yeah do whatever I would do for any yeah. other unjust act, right. you know? But that that's not there. And that, you know, the, the whole reason why everything is focused on systemic racism right now is because you're right, babe, that we've already done it. The mass, mancipi- really? Emancipation. 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 <laughs> the Emancipation Proclamation. I'll never get it. All right. Uh, what Abraham Lincoln signed. And then the Civil, uh, Civil Rights Act. It's not going to happen, guys. Nope, he can't do it, man. Nope. And um, <laughs> we've already done these things. It is illegal to, like, just be racist in how you hire people. Right. And how you treat people based on skin color. Those things are already right. illegal. So where is it? Where is And so if you injustice? can prove that someone didn't hire you because you were black. Right. Or you didn't get a promotion because you were black or whatever. If you can prove that. Or then white. you can sue whoever, yeah. you know, that, that person was that was acting unjustly against you. Right. That's a benefit of being American. That's already how things are. Right. But the problem is that many times a person can't prove that. Mm -hmm. And because sometimes people feel as though they were slighted, um, they can sometimes make up stories in their head, like, well, I didn't get the job because Mm -hmm. I am black or I am Latino or whatever. When there's actually no biblical justification for a person to believe that right yeah like sometimes and you and i have felt this before everyone has at some point well it's just because i'm white or it's just because i'm black or it's just because Mm -hmm. whatever well really what that is is us making an accusation without witnesses which is actually unbiblical also yeah it is and whatever punishment would fall on that person if it's a false accusation that punishment should fall on you. Right. Who's doing the false If you If you meaning. don't have evidence to make an accusation against your brother, that's bearing false witness. Yeah, right. And right. that's actually against God's law as well. Like, we can't just 
make up stories in our head because we're upset or because we feel slighted. Mm -hmm. No, instead we need to just trust God that what he has given to us, whatever job we have, whatever state we live in is what God has for us in that moment. And we need to be thankful for it and not be angry and jealous of someone else who has more, right? Yep. That actually is going against the 10th commandment. Exactly. So just coveting. Right. And, and coveting is one of those where it's a sin, but not a crime. Exactly. Right? And so we do have to preach to the heart. We do have to, as Christians, proclaim the gospel and seek heart change. And to be honest, if we didn't have to lose 600,000 people of America during the Civil War, if we just preached the gospel more faithfully and hearts were changed, and then over time, through discussions with politicians and business owners slavery was abolished like it was in england if and men other places would, if men would have led their families and preached right. the scriptures correctly yep. wives could have raised up godly children who would have grown up into mm-hmm. those positions of power in society and they could have just changed laws that would have been better to me than losing six hundred thousand people but this person in this post said we went to war over this yeah we lost a lot mm-hmm. of people. Right. And all because you did On both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's all together, I think. Right, yeah. But you did that all because you doubted and disregarded the power of the gospel. Yep. You embraced a testiless gospel and you just went straight to the I'm gonna force you. Well, and that's what Psalm one ten says that when a, when God judges a nation, he fills them with corpses. Yes. Yeah, you're right. So when we go to war or when you look at the genocide that is abortion and mm-hmm. all the other ways that lives are being lost, you have to stop and ask yourself, this this probably isn't God's best. Right, like what is this, this for? This is probably some form of judgment from God um, that our nation is literally being heaped up with corpses. Yep. Rotting and death. It's never... Uh, supposed to point us never to God's sign, goodness. It's never a sign of... Uh, covenantal blessings no not at all death filling isn't it funny though how we went from talking about gay men wearing makeup and not Mm -hmm. just gay men but trans men whatever the whole lot right Right. all of the atrocities um to this gospelless fruitless uh false gospel yeah and once again i made it kind of crass here but follow with me because it tracks got you okay In a homosexual relationship, seed goes out, but there is no fertile womb to accept that seed and cause life. Right. In a gospelless society, they're saying they're teaching the gospel, like the J.D. Greers, the Mm -hmm. Matt Chandlers. They'll say, yes, we love the gospel, but when they speak, no seed comes out, and it goes out into a world where there's no fertile womb to accept it. Right. And so in many senses, this twisted homosexual culture has led us into like a twisted i don't say homosexual gospel but it almost is it, it yeah. is like the same well it's narrative fr- it's fruitless in the right. same way right and then if you look at the old testament and if anyone who you know reads the old testament knows over and over and over again god is constantly opening up barren wombs right and that is something he loves to do he loves to take someone who is barren and make them fruitful well and starting with jesus he took people who were laid in graves 
and brought them back. Right. That's know? the resurrection power. That's, That's something that was does. dead is now alive. Yeah. And so even in the very act of sharing this fruitless gospel, you're reversing it. Mm-hmm. You're taking something that should give life and you're putting it into something that can never actually cause growth. Mm-hmm. Where in the resurrection, you're taking something that literally is dead and resurrection life comes to it. Right. It's just totally the opposite. Yep. It is a false gospel and right. it needs to be condemned as a false gospel. Right. Exactly. Do you want to read some Bible verses? Let's do it. So this is kind of our like <laughs> litany of passages, though, to help arm you as you go out with the gospel and to show you that God's granted special power, right, yeah. to the gospel to go out into the world and topple the enemies of the Lord. Right? Because this idea is actually very post mill, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I think is so funny with all these like social justice warriors they're probably i know many of them are dispensational right they believe in like a secret rapture and right the world's going to end in fire and brimstone and basically the church is going to fail and what jesus came to accomplish it will never actually bear fruit mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff right. but then they say but we need to change culture and make this utopia this utopia of utter perfection where everyone just loves each other and gets along and everything is equitable like but your eschatology and what you're saying in your false gospel don't match up only someone who's actually post mill can say yeah we are grateful for what god's given us and we disciple the nations in Mm -hmm. hopes to you know uh, push back against satan right and grow christ's kingdom and we have that promise exactly so we can take the growth of a mustard seed, which is a slow growth, Mm -hmm. and we can praise God for it. It doesn't need to be instantaneous. Right, exactly. You can actually have patience there for... But this only actually, this concept of justice only works really for someone who's post-millennial. Just saying. Yeah, no, it's good. And even all of the theonomists that I've read, theonomists are those who want to apply God's law to society and see that that is what we should be doing. Mm Mm-hmm still say that regeneration is paramount like this doesn't ever really succeed unless people are regenerated right and so you need to be preaching the gospel every church needs to be preaching the gospel and you need to be sharing the truth of jesus everywhere and even for people in a society that is primarily christian people who aren't christian in a primarily Christian society will still look to the gospel, like I was saying earlier, as a benefit. Mm-hmm. And I can think of people like Benjamin Franklin, who was a deist and was not a Christian, right. but he still saw great value in early America where right, we true. were governed by Christian principles. Mm-hmm. He same thought with, it was great. Yeah, same with uh, Thomas Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Not the strongest Christian at all, I don't, I don't think. think he but, really was. But, um, but still understood that our mm-hmm. our republic that we live in uh, needed to be uh, moral and christianity offered the best form of morality yeah you know all right so where are we going to start here okay what you got first lane i don't know which one you want me to do which one colossians colossians so a lot of what these people say sounds good it waxes over nicely when you read their cute little blog post you're like oh yeah that sounds so good and they're all passionate and humans can change the system signaling all kinds of the virtues 
But we need to remember Colossians 2. What do you got, Lane Green? Colossians 2? Yeah. 6. Verse 6. Therefore, as Oh, you got to go all the way to 6 oh, through 15. 6 through 15. 15. Get oh, it. Let's okay, go. Here we go. Therefore, as you received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, mm -hmm. according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Ooh. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh by the circum circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the road the record, excuse me, of death that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Gosh, that's so good. How do you hear that? that, that in, words. It was a lot of words. Everyone lives reading out loud. It's their favorite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you did good, Lane. Thanks. You get a gold star. <laughs> um, and... How do you ever read that and not realize, oh, yeah, we need to preach Christ if we want to change stuff? Well, I love you how know? he says, like, be careful not to believe these, like, false gospels. Be mm -hmm. careful not to be persuaded by emptiness. Yep. And then he goes straight into sharing the gospel again. Right. And he breaks it down. You know, he breaks yeah. down the covenant of redemption. Once again, just so they know, like, this is what it actually is. Don't believe anything besides this. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it's awesome. What's the next one? I'll read the next one. Okay, what you we'll got? We'll give Lane a break. Mm -hmm. That's when, good. Take a breather. <laughs> that was Take a lot of verses. Okay, Drink I'm going to read Galatians 1, 6 through 10. Okay. Hopefully I wrote this down correctly. We'll see. Please disregard the party going on above our heads. If you can hear it. <laughs> Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Christ Jesus and God the Father who raised him from the dead again pointing to the resurrection mm -hmm. and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of galatia grace to you and peace from god our father and the lord jesus christ who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our god and father to whom be glory forever and ever amen i am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of christ and are turning to a different gospel not that there is another one, but there are some who are troubling you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say it again. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now trying to seek the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached to me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, 
but I received it through the revelation of Jesus Christ. So once again, Paul is warning them, like even if an angel or anyone comes to you and starts trying to change this gospel up, this gospel of Jesus Christ, let him be a curse. So if there are some of you who don't like that we're using sort of harsh language, adult language on this episode, like Paul's literally damning people to hell. And telling them they're foolish and stupid. He's like, someone's sharing a different gospel, like they're going to be cursed. Mm -hmm. That literally means like damned. Right. Exactly. So. And later in Galatians, Paul tells them, if you, if you go and find, you know, righteousness in that, and he's talking about circumcision, mm -hmm. which is cutting off of a bit of skin from male genitalia, he says, if you find, if you find some, you know, high virtue in that and some righteousness in that, then just go ahead and go the whole way, chop right. the whole thing off. So that way you get a whole ton of righteousness. Right. Which once again, he was attacking a false gospel, a false right. righteousness. And uh, so Paul uses some pretty he uses harsh, dicey language. Harsh language to hopefully, you know, shake that person awake to the the uh, danger. To their it's deception. dangerous. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing is like because it is a curse to share and to believe a gospel different from the one that we've received, we would much rather use dicey language to hopefully um shake someone out of this like stupor this hollow teaching that they right. are believing or are being tempted to believe and to us it seems better to to go that route than to just play it safe because there are far too many christians right now who are playing it safe like we were referring mm -hmm. to in the beginning there are far too many christians who don't want to have the scarlet letter on their chest mm -hmm. for not being too woke but what they are is infertile yeah right in in all of their efforts yeah absolutely so another good reminder is second corinthians 10 starting in verse 3 paul says for though we walk in the flesh we are not waging war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh protests riots whatever what you know fill in the blank so that's not our weapons. But we have divine power to destroy strongholds. That's our weapons. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Which is exactly what they're doing. Yep. They're saying this this gospel that you're trying to proclaim to tear down these, you know, uh, uh the stronghold. Yeah. Is is not that's not you don't need to be doing that. You don't need this is uh this is not the right way to go about this. It's literally the opposite. Mm -hmm. It says, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your disobedience is complete. But just point, you know, Paul pointing out the fact that our ultimate war here is not flesh and blood. He talks about this in Ephesians. Mm -hmm. It is a spiritual battle we're in, and we have been given spiritual weapons to tear down these lofty opinions against the knowledge of God. Right. And so, yes, we need to be sharing the gospel. And it needs to be the full gospel, calling people to repentance, calling people to come die with Christ mm -hmm. in order to live. Right. And that, the gospel this of is, Jesus This is not the, the your best life now, right? No. And that, there's so much bad theology that has gotten us to this place. So true. Where Christians can believe that 
their whole world should be revolved around chasing the American dream and living their Mm -hmm. best life. Like that has never been what God has called Christians to do ever. It's come and die. That's a major motivation in like all of this, right? Right, right. I don't have. Yep. In one of the scriptures we just read, it's like you don't have because you don't ask. Mm -hmm. Because if you're asking me, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. And if you are pursuing me, then I will be the desire of your heart. Yep, exactly. But you're not desiring God. You're desiring for earthly things, mm-hmm. which means you really need to stop and check your heart. Yeah. That's good. Do we have any more? Um, is that is that good? That's good. I think that's good. Decent. Seeing these posts just really motivated us this last week to to want to talk about being still being focused on sharing the gospel. There is power right. in the gospel. That's Romans one sixteen. Right. There is power in you share in the words that you say that come out of your mouth. And it's what God has commanded us to do. Right. Like it's the one thing every Christian should say when they wake up in the morning, what should I be doing? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, mm-hmm. baptizing them. And that's going to piss off a lot of people. Yeah. You're going to make a lot of people mad. You're probably going to lose some friends. You'll probably gain some friends too when they see that's your... True courage and uh you know i i i think the same way as this person well encourage begets courage right there have been so many people who we have just seen posting on articles or whatever that we agree with who we don't know from adam Mm -hmm. who all of a sudden like will add us on facebook and be like hey i saw your comment that's so cool where you guys at and it's like there actually is a community right um of believers who are banding together who are like-minded, who are encouraging and building each other up. Yeah. And so, like you said, yeah, it might you might lose some friends, but I think you'd be more like shocked to see how yeah. encouraging it is to find other believers who are like-minded. And don't apologize. Yeah, have a steal spine. <laughs> Please. There's way too much apologizing for for things that you didn't do. Don't do that. If you actually for sure sinned against someone, then apologize. Right. But you know our Canadian, uh, our Canadian <laughs> listeners are gonna be like, "What? Don't apologize." We know I can't none help of this. But say sorry. <laughs> that's our Americanness. Don't yeah, apologize awesome. if you didn't do something wrong. Don't apologize. <laughs> uh, but it's true, right? Like, stand firm in the gospel. Yes. Like you read, like be rooted and grounded in what you know is true, and don't be blown over by every crazy wild fad that comes blowing through when we first got married do you remember it was um 2008 was the year we were married Mm -hmm. there was the emergent church and that was the big like fad or the new quote gospel that was being pushed through the churches in that time that was going on 12 years ago now ron bell brian mclaren right doug paget bunch of those types in many ways i feel like this is the second wave of that yeah well it's been about 15 years so yeah there's one every 15 years or so that's how that pretty much works (laughs) it's always a cycle yeah well you know i'm i am drinking out of my jay gresham machin uh glass right now and just thinking about the battle he fought against the encroaching liberalism uh in the 1920s yeah. And a lot of the stuff that he 
talked about applies today. It's almost like he wrote his book today. Right. And when you, you know, just look up some of the quotes from his book, Christianity and Liberalism, or right. Christianity versus Liberalism, and he talks about them promoting a Christianity, like, with, um, with, but there's no Christ in it, there's no doctrine in it, and he goes, then it's not Christianity. Mm-hmm. And so trying to say, like, oh, let's go be Christians in the world, but don't share Jesus. Then you're not being a Christian. Like, right. I don't... So it's it's really cool. Go read some go read some Machen. You know, I think about Psalm one where it talks about being like trees planted by the water. Yes. And in times like this in history, Christians need to see the storm for what it is. Like right, you have to identify that there actually is a storm a blowing. There's right. a whole bunch of uh, hollow teaching being tossed about, and so when times like this happen, we have this holy spirit who allows for our roots to grow deeper right so that our spines can become more steely mm-hmm. not that we would be wimpy right you don't fall over when you hang on through the storm and right. s- stand firm um it's like it's true right that the roots of a tree grow thicker mm-hmm. and deeper through a storm right like a storm is what makes the tree stronger so we thank god for these kinds of moments in history right. we thank god because it actually is a pruning yeah. for the church yeah and true. we love discipline because god is a good father and he disciplines those whom he loves mm-hmm. and so in times like this let us see he is in fact disciplining the church and our roots get to grow deeper and the gospel ought to become clearer for all of us yeah that's good can i share one final verse as a kind of a charge Sharing the bible what are you a christian christian how dare you First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. everybody. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord... I feel like we should have our hands up in benediction. <laughs> knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Receive now the benediction. We pray that the eyes of your heart... <laughs> Are we done? Is that good? We took this one to town. Yes, we did. Don't believe a testyless gospel, y'all. There's no fruit. No fruit in it. All right. We good? Good. You good, Lane? Yes. Awesome. We pray that the eyes of your heart, everybody, would be enlightened by the power of the Spirit. We thank you for listening. We always appreciate it. Until next time, get woke. <laughs>